Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy. This is uh, Ryan McCarthy with Healthcare is Human. Um, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, I'm Richard Dennis. I'm in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Uh, I'm a consumer advocate for West Virginia Attorney General's office. Now, Richard, here we are talking um, at the Berkeley Rec Center. And um, as a part of this project, we've been here a couple of times before. Uh, There was a mass vaccination event here. And today we have, yeah, we have a senior resource fair. And we're collecting stories of things that happened in, in COVID, lots of different things. Now let's, um, let's talk about, um, let's go back to the beginning. Um, professionally, what type of challenges did COVID pose to you in, in your work life? Let's go back to 2020. Well, my job, I cover seven counties of the Eastern Panhandle for the Attorney General. So I travel all seven counties at least once a month and most of the time more than that. One of my primary uh, functions is to go to all the senior centers and I talk to them about scams, about about different things that are going on. And I remember the night before everything shut down, I'd been at a a senior center over in Hampshire County, came home that night. And the next thing I knew, the the governor had shut everything down and uh, I was no longer able to. Our office also, when the governor said shut it down, everybody shut down. So. I was at home on the phone, but uh, losing all the the personal contact with anybody that I would have normally had. So when you talk about that last moment before things shut down, uh, let me guess, was that Thursday, March 12th, 2020? The governor, fr- Friday the 13th is when the governor sent, sent all of our children home. So it would be that time period. Now, in, in your job, you mentioned consumer protection. You mentioned scams. Oh, boy, there's a lot to unpack there big disruption like this um, on the front end, what kind of worries did you have for your, your job description in terms of new threats to the citizens of West Virginia? Well, one of my biggest, like I said, I'm, I have a special place in my heart for the elderly and for senior citizens. I wasn't able to go out every month I go and I reaffirm sometimes every month the same information of do not give people your personal information. Do not Um, do not get caught up with people who want money over the phone. And I totally lost contact with any of those people, any of the elder. And, and so that professionally, that, that kind of hurt, but it also, I do what we call mobile office hours. I make myself available for people who want to come in and, uh, get information to the attorney general, maybe with a complaint, maybe just to get him information and that's that's part of my and so I wasn't able to do any of that at all now that that in the old in our old life pre-covid BC before covid um, that frequently touching and that in-person education um, as best you can tell I mean was that critical to the delivery of that that information to the public giving it in person well I feel so because I, I I wasn't able to do any podcast and most of my seniors wouldn't have been able to be involved with that anyway so um, and one of the reasons I do my my uh, mobile office hours I do it at the senior centers because I'm always guaranteed to have a captive audience and and the seniors need to have that that socialization amongst each other and when I can go and, and talk to them and I've become very good friends with most of them in the in the seven counties so uh, personally, I really miss that a lot. 
I'm glad you you brought up the fact that with um, with senior citizens and those are the same patients I take care of. You know, um, that story really has not been told very well because when when life stopped, as you mentioned, and if you're a younger person, if you're connected on a, a cellular device and a computer and you're savvy with those things, then suddenly you have contact in a lot of ways to a lot of information, a lot of resources, your bank, other things. But here in West Virginia, we know people live by themselves. They live down the hollow. They live down the road. They're older. Those devices are not accessible. I mean, were you thinking about that immediately when, when we were disrupted? Yeah, yes, I was. And, um, and then, to, to be fair, I'm also on the board of directors of the Berkeley Senior Center and have been since well before I started this job. So, but there were so many seniors that the only touch of socialization they have is by going to a senior center. And once they closed those down and we lost those, now the, the senior centers did start delivering meals at home and, and they quadrupled in the amount of, of meals they were cooking to get people home. Well, some of these people, the only contact they would have with human life would be the person delivering their meal. They wouldn't see anybody. They'd have a cat or a dog. They just didn't see people. They didn't get any of that socialization. So it was pretty sad, and it was tougher on the seniors. A lot of them don't drive. A lot of them don't get out, and it was real tough on them. And unfortunately, we lost a lot of them during that, during that time frame. Yeah, we sure did. And, and so, you know, uh, obviously at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, uh, fear – worry, isolation, you're describing all of that. And, um, you know, as the first year went on, you know, when the governor uh, started talking about the Save Our Wisdom, when he put that tagline um, about uh, ways to protect our, our senior citizens, I actually, I love that because that was really what was at stake. And given that these are citizens that you interact with on a regular basis, what are some of the things that, that they bring to our community that you just you know see as as treasures well first of all the biggest thing i guess is their his, the history that they can bring and as a 67 year old myself who's lost a lot of the people in their life that would have the answers to history that we have and you don't realize when you're 30 years old you don't think about asking the the seniors you know tell me about when this happened tell me about when that happened and you're losing a lot of wisdom and a lot of a lot of memories by losing these folks and and we did lose a lot of them over whether i don't have the answer whether they they passed away from covid related items or a lot of them probably just old age probably some other sicknesses but but that's one of the biggest treasures that the seniors offer is just a history of of where we've been you know i'm going to i'm going to say amen to that you know as a primary care doctor um at the beginning, in the days when I was scared and didn't, I, you know, was struggling to think about how am I going to come to work and do this, one of the things that made me brave at the beginning was I, I knew that I had to serve my patients because those folks that were susceptible to COVID-19, I mean, folks in West Virginia, elderly, diseases, diabetes, lung disease, I mean, I was, I'm going to use the, the term sitting ducks. My, my patients were sitting ducks, and I was absolutely terrified that they were all just going to be annihilated by COVID-19. So it almost doesn't matter who stayed at home and died of a heart attack or whether it was COVID-19, right? We, we, right. we still lost these citizens of West yeah. Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that, that's, a big, that's a big void. Uh, 
the lady who ran a senior center in one of my counties passed away during it. And you come back and they're trying to get seniors back in and everybody's unfamiliar with what's going on. Uh, and I'll tell you, right, uh, if we talk, touch on today a little bit, we still have issues with seniors having enough confidence to come back out in public and they don't get near the crowds today that they used to get and they're having to rebuild again because uh, people are still afraid of coming out with their COVID. I, I think that's very true. And, um, you know, for that demographic in West Virginia, I don't know how long it's going to take. You know, um, I have kids that are college, high school, middle school, and it's amazing how fast that's bounced back, right? Just a totally different risk profile. You know, uh, high school football game I went to last Friday, just booming. Um, but it's you look around, and there's a lot of elderly folks that I don't see. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I can't blame them. I mean, and there is a huge fear factor, and, and I, I qualify under that with some of my medical history and with my age that – that I'm I'm a, almost a sitting duck, as you made reference to. So, yeah, I understand it a whole lot more than if I were a 40-year-old out in the workforce. Now, uh, part of the uh, part of what we're doing with this project with my creative partner Molly Humphreys for the photographs and the interviews is we want West Virginians to to preserve their story, which you're doing. I appreciate that. What are some of the uniquely West Virginia things that you've experienced in the last couple of years where you can or our sense of pride? or the can-do spirit, or, you know, those kind of things where, well, while you're thinking of your answer, um, standing in this gym, I was so damn proud of the community effort that came together for the mass vaccination event that was here. It was police, it was state troopers, it was Air Guard, it was City of Martinsburg, it was Berkeley County, it was healthcare, it was volunteers, like, like we did that, this small little town, and we did a good job. What kind of experience did you have like that, that during the darkness, during the disruption, where you're like, you know what, this makes me proud to be a West Virginian. You got those stories? Well, yeah, and actually you, you kind of touched on one, right? When this very first started, I'm going out and getting tested. And I remember going to Hedgesville High School and the Air Guard or the, and the National Guard were out there. Here's your, here's your young folks in uniforms that are out there sticking a swab up your nose. And... Uh, that made you feel really proud that, that here are these these young folks. Now, they, I'm sure they were assigned to do that, but it was a great effort. And you'd have to go sit in a line to get tested when it, when it first started. And then again, I came in this building and got my shots, came in and got two shots. And um, the, the, you're right, the, everybody coming together and the, and the folks that were involved, the health department, the uh, air guard, the sheriff's department, out in the, and state troopers in the high, out in the parking lot, directing traffic, and um, it was quite. A, it was a proud moment for all the local community. Yeah, I feel the same way, and um, you know, I'm uh, man enough to admit to my patients. I uh, I told them that on uh, the day that I learned of the first effective vaccine, I cried. I cried before I came to work. I cried tears of joy. Uh, for scientific achievement, which is one thing. But in this gym, I was over here given vaccines on one of the first volunteers. Absolutely, I signed up. And I had people, um, regular citizens, come and sit down. It was elderly first, right? We started with our oldest citizens, right, which was a great strategy. And I had people just shed tears because that was going to be the piece of safety, the piece of protection, so they could come out and resume these activities that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, and it was perfect. And I think we probably, I, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank as far as people in town and around the county because there were a lot of people still uh, kind of hunkered down and, 
and not coming out. But but you had your food service people that would bring you your food. Uh, you know, we had never used Uber or not Uber, um, DoorDash and all that. And you couldn't go out and, and to a restaurant. So you were having food delivered to your house and, and it, it, it was a whole change of life, but it wasn't all bad. <laughs> that was kind of convenient. The, the, uh, but yeah, there were many moments like that. And I, I'm kind of drawing a blank now as far as I, I've tried to blank part of that out from from that experience. <laughs> no, that's the most human thing of all uh, is, uh, is is pushing it aside. That's actually come up today with some people that we've talked about. And uh, I've blocked part of it out. Um, there, there are parts of it that were so... I was so terrified um, that I just, it makes me uneasy to think about it, you know, so I'll just have to take a sip of that uh, over a long period of time. So uh, I, I can relate. Um, today, going forward, what kind of concerns do you have for citizens of West Virginia, you know, um, and why you're thinking? So obviously a huge amount of funds rolled out as a part of the, su- the support of this. And, you know, I've, I've read in various things like the Wall Street Journal, you know, other you know, scams and things that were done. What kind of threats do you see now? Um, is it a new landscape for those kind of uh, threats to citizens in our state? Um, I think it is. And I think even though we like to think you and I are standing here two feet from each other with no mask, and even though we like to think that everything's back to normal, but it's not back to normal. And um, try, as far as uh, trying to get people back out and get regrouped again and, and our only hope is, hope and prayer is, is that this thing's way over the hump and we don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, that's kind of my final thought, probably. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human, stories from the healthcare ecosystem ideas to change our health culture. This project was created by Ryan McCarthy. It was inspired by the hardworking staff of the Berkeley Medical Center. Be sure to check out the Healthcare is Human Facebook page to see amazing photographs by Molly Humphreys of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. You can find Molly's world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Original music is by Isaac McCarthy, the one-man band. Kim Mattioli engineers the podcast. Some of our stories are featured in 100 Days in Appalachia. Check them out online at 100daysinappalachia.com. This project is supported by a grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Thanks to the Reed College of Media at our Mountain Mama, West Virginia University. Mountaineers go first. And remember, the next time you go to the hospital, a clinic, an urgent care, Be sure to keep in mind that healthcare is human. human.